All right, social media family, thank you for joining us once again for another installment in the Christian Philosophy Series. Now, we apologize for just the audio tonight. We're having some technical issues with the video, but the word continue to go forward. We will continue to break bread over the word. Now, we are on lesson 11. And I have a question that I'm, I need to ask. Where does the slippery slope start? Okay. And I just was telling uh, the ladies that um, it is actually illegal to sign your name for requesting a voting ballot. And so it was a very prominent Christian minister's um, wife that did that and got in trouble with the law. And it's literally illegal. But what about, um, in, it's, it is literally illegal and she got charged with the crime. But my thing started with this pastor guy I was looking and found out like 20 years ago he ended up and as had all these ministries and written had already written a bunch of books and then the scandal came up he had a homosexual relationship with his youth pastor and then it blew up so that would be in a real extreme case of the question where did the slippery slope start well that's horrible but why would a prominent? Why would anyone think that signing your name to something, anything that is not you, and you're signing somebody else's name, it was her daughter. Where? Why would they think that that's? Oh, she said. Well, it was just more convenient. You know, it was a convenience thing. Yeah. Well, it was a criminal thing, but. The question is, is that where something, well, you know, it's okay, I can sign someone else's name. The question I have is, is that a lie? If I sign somebody else's name, is that me lying? And is that where, oh, well, that's okay, then a little bit here, a little bit there, is that the beginning of the slippery slope? So two questions. Is it a lie, and is it maybe beginning of the slippery slope? Well, then I can do this and that, and next thing you know, I'm having an affair. <laughs> okay. All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to address that question, and then we're going to go to the the topic of the lesson tonight. All right. So now when, when Sue was talking, the scripture that came to mind, it was a couple, and we're going to go to this second one, all right? But the first one I'm just gonna quote, right? You remember when Jesus said, a little leaven, a little leaven, leaven is the whole lump, mm -hmm. right? And let's go to, where is that? Song of Solomon 2 and 15. Let's go to Song of Solomon 2 and 15. Now just remember what Jesus said. A little leaven. Leaven's the whole lump, right? All right. Song of Solomon 2 and 15 says, 
I'm gonna read this in yeah, the King James. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Now look at that. Take us the little foxes that spoil the vines. In the Amplified, it says, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil and ruin the vineyards of love while our vineyards are in blossom. Now, if you take this principle, okay, of something small growing into something big, just like faith as a mustard seed, Mm-hmm. can grow and manifest to something what very huge. Yeah. Right? And this is the deceitfulness of sin where something can start out very small, you know, seemingly small and continue to grow, to develop and get larger. Cause a lot of damage. To the point where you know, you are in a place where you never thought you would be, right? And I know y'all have heard preachers say this, where sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and make you pay more than you want to pay, right? And it's that principle of progression, right? Just like if you are off course, you're flying a plane, mm-hmm. right? When you start to drift off, the more you travel, you could start off a little bit off course, and then the next thing you know, you're way out here somewhere, but you just started a little off, right? Yeah. So in essence, the slippery slope starts as soon as that door is cracked. The compromise, small compromises. And this is why, you know, we, for us to be dependent on the Holy Spirit and acknowledge our need for him every day is so important because we need him. We need his guidance. We need his, his, his instruction, his warnings. Wisdom. Wisdom and mercy. That's where it helps to have a relationship with God because... You can get to a point where, like, I was one of the types God had to actually get me to get, I'm just saying, you know, if anyone was listening, they were asking real quick because I'm going on a topic, but God had to show me one time, I was praying a long time ago, and I didn't understand it at the time, this was when I was like 15, it's like almost 20 years ago, that I was not walking the straight and narrow, I was walking on a tightrope, and he told me, like, relax, like, you need to enjoy life some, you know, yeah. but then there's some are like, and no, no meanness to brothers and sisters and God was like, you know, oh, well, I can just do this. It'll be okay. So we have to like balance. He helps us, you know, balance it out. It's, you know? it's, it's not, it's not off topic. It's a, it's a good scenario. You could say, um, we have this Star Wars game that it was that old, uh, the Super Nintendo, but it's, mm-hmm. you go into the, the trench and you're going to hit a target. And it was really, it's like, um, Luke was supposed to be the character. He's supposed to be listening to Obi-Wan. And the Force is like, that's God. And in the game, if you deviated off the target, it'd say, stay on target. It's like, that's the Holy Spirit. I'm like, get back on the target. You're, you're deviating. And that's, if we listen, that's what he's doing. Like, stay on target. 
and then you will take care of what you need to take care of, and you'll be on the right path. And I thought that just hit me really strong. I'm like, stay on target. I go, that's what it is. It's like Holy Spirit's going, like, if you will listen, if not, right. You yeah, let if that you will listen. listen. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes mm -hmm. we miss it though. Yeah. 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 And that's and just like if you're driving down the road and you got GPS, right? Oh, and yeah, that's a good the GPS, you know, if you make a wrong turn, as long as you stay attuned to the GPS, the GPS will get you back get on you course. Right. But what if you're like distracted? You got your music blasting. You don't really you don't have the 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 navigation on your screen. You got the the radio on. And you're just going about your merry way. You're enjoying the songs, but you're paying no attention to the signs, yeah. paying no attention to really where you're going. Saying the further along you go, the further away oh, you okay. are. I'm and okay. then you can get to the point where you just, yeah. your, your destination is not even visible on the street signs anymore. Yeah. You're so far off course. But the thing about it is, in the mercy of God, as long as you are in a position here and you turn to to focus back on him, he can get you back on course. Yes. All right. Yeah. Now I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. This this topic of, of the lesson tonight, it's the subtopic is Subtitle: The subtitle is a godly perspective on homosexuality. Now, wait, I was wait, wait, wait! You're kidding me. You, no, he, you're he, making that up. No, that's that's that the topic. That was actually the first thing I was doing online. Yeah, out of the blue, out of the blue. Because the thing about it is, I'm looking at this, and and there's so many strong opinions and and just um, feelings about this yeah. and how to approach it as a believer right now what i'm gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna go through several scriptures okay but what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna pull straight from the study guide i'm gonna read a couple of paragraphs okay all right and i like the sentiment that is that that andrew starts with here okay it says god is no respect of persons he doesn't grade us on a curve or sliding scale all sin is evil. And the scripture says that if we have fallen short in one point, then we are guilty of the whole law. Right, James 2 and 10. So it would be wrong for a Christian to feel superior to homosexuals or to look at them and say, thank God, at least I'm not caught up in that kind of sin. Right? Jesus warned against this attitude in his parable about this Pharisee and the publican. Okay. All right. Now, see, I like the way he points this out in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Right. Because this is something that, you know, I, I've I've heard people really get very visceral and, and, and belligerent about the issue of homosexuality. Mm -hmm. And it's like, OK, now the scripture is clear that it is not a godly lifestyle. It is against what scripture teaches is clear. It's, it's not. It's not ambiguous. Yes. However, it's wrong for us to elevate that sin and try to condemn people as if gluttony, 
gossip and lying, fornication, all these other things are holier than that, are all acceptable. Because just like Andrew quoted here, we are all guilty. If you break one, if you're guilty at one point, you're guilty of the whole. And this is just a prime example of why every single one of us need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us. You know, I, you know, it's such, it's such a full topic. Like you said, it's very, you know, I just think it was like a million things come to my mind. But our former pastor, me and mom were just talking about this the other day. She was really good to it. She would, when she, she would preach every month, her, her, her husband, he preached most of the time. Once a month, she would teach. At least she would do it. We just had it set up that way. She and she would go she into like she scripture after scripture. It was really yeah, good. She did. And one time she was talking, I, I'll never forget what she said. She was talking, she goes, you know, we as Christians, we have to be careful. We don't judge sin. She goes, what I mean by that, and she was pointing our back door of the church. You know, she goes, someone comes to the door who are fornicating and sleeping outside, you know, the other side of the marriage like a man and a woman. Oh, well, you know, I mean, that's bad, but, you know, whatever. And then, like, she, homosexuals come in. Oh, they need God more, whatever. And it's like, it. all people are broken, you know. They all need help. And you don't know how close homosexual is, you know, to God. Not that it's, you know, not that it's a godly fruit. It's just that they may just be as simple as just, hey, Jesus loves you. Oh, really? Great. But then you might have the, the fornicating couple be like, there's a lot of deep stuff they need, you know, and some hurts and stuff. And you just don't know, you know, mm-hmm. judging on that side. Right. That's really interesting. But what I was talking to them before we came in here mm-hmm. was about where this whole thing, the slippery slope, was um, the guy, and he continues his pastorship, but he was not married. But um, so that would have been worse because. Now you're cheating on your spouse, but he wasn't married, but um, he had a huge ministry. He was a pastor of a church that he started. He had missionaries in the field. He, um, He had a Bible college with hundreds of students. And so when this scandal came out, a fifth of his members left. Some, a lot of his bunch of missionaries, they quit. The Bible study people quit, and um, and he was the relationship with was with his um, uh, youth, I guess youth pastor. So I don't know if Andrew was specifically talking about unsaved people or other people because this thing blew up and it was terrible, you know. So I'm not. So um, that was the fallout from mm-hmm. all of that. So okay, you guys answer. Tell me what's going on. <laughs> well, regardless of what your title is or your, what you're called to, everybody's acceptable to fall. Everybody. Everybody. And the moment you think that you are in a place where you could never do something, you need to watch it. You're open to the season like that because then you get into a, self-righteousness. A it's self-righteousness. Right. Don't, don't. Right. Only by the, only by the grace of God. Yes. And this is a and, and what Sue mentions is a prime example of why we need to pray for our leaders, those in positions of authority, because you don't understand the type of pressure, mm-hmm. the type of attacks that those could in positions of influence have yeah. because of the exact fallout that you mentioned. Because if you 
defeat the head. If you cut the head off, the body's gonna fall. Yes, mm-hmm. there's nothing, there's nothing leaving it. Right. Everything underneath is right. just in disarray. And see, and, the, and the, the enemy loves those types of situations because of the type of strife and the questions and the confusion that can that he can sow in the hearts of men. And after they are led by somebody, and then if somebody is put up on a pedestal, yeah. right, as if they are un, unsusceptible to sin, like just like they are, mm-hmm. then their faith can be tremendously damaged. And yes, there are people that to this day, they wrote comments in 2022. And said that thing 20 years ago still affects them, which is on them kind of. But I'm, I'm not saying I'm just saying mm-hmm. I don't want that to be my legacy, you know, so I'm t- right. because I think after 20 years, you might want to get over it. Right. But still, I don't want to be the cause of it. Right. And that's why all of us have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Because and that, and that's why Paul said what he did when he says, "Follow me as I follow Christ." You know, when, whenever you there's somebody you're connected to that's in leadership, if they there's something that that's that's not Christ like, you don't follow that, right? Everything that is coming from a pulpit or or, or lectern or some some type of proclamation from a leader, if it's not lining up with what's in the book. Then, you know, you have to go to the Holy Spirit and say, okay, you know, how do I, how do I, you know, how do I interpret? How do you want me to walk? Right. And again, like I said, our, how we pray for our leaders, praying for those in positions of authority, it it is, it is tremendously valuable for for them and for you for us see you are leading up opposite of us you have everything you did is in our best interest to keep you in prayer which i do because you are doing something and it's you, you just need it you need you just need prayer and satan wants to we attack people <laughs> who have the extra responsibility on them i mean you know and stuff you know i i even feel this way and i even feel this and like in the church setting, definitely, but also even in a business setting, like I work at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And I actually, like, I've been offered leadership before and I appreciate it, but I turned it down for now. I was like, oh, I don't want the headache. I, I, I honor my leaders so much that mom knows that I talk about all the time. It's like, oh, I don't know how they put up with it. And if they do something stupid or maybe I feel that I feel like, you know, they might handle this right or that, if I if I do, which I do, I think they handle the things good, I go, they're human, and I can't imagine the pressures, you know. So this makes me, you know, pray. Like in the church setting, pray for, you know. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to take on. Yeah. What else can we do? That's good. Pray. Yeah. That's good. Stay on target. All right. And I'm wondering, does he say, like, is that is that because it's not normal? Is is that like a devil? Is that like an attack of the devil? Because I've always wondered about that. Homosexuality. How do you get to be one of those? Is that just from the devil? I mean, um, I'll tell you, there can be a lot of hurt. I know personally someone who's dealt really heavy with that, and they have lots 
and lots of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. David. <clears throat> the politest word I can say is plastic. Yeah. About men. And and then women that should have been there to, to take care of, they were left to that. And that's all I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. I was going to note that. So it's a lot of like hurt. You're saying, well, it's like, that's one of them. I think, you know, it depends on the situation. Like, everybody has a story. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm saying. And I, know I knew of, and I've known of situations like this. Um, I knew of a lady who um, they dealt with, like, lesbian, like, pornography and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then the background to it was, if you were, you know, when you, you know, found out about it, it was the lady, you know, admittedly said, you know, it was a lot of religion behind it. It was, they were afraid to think the natural way they needed to, if that makes sense. And they kind of, you know, say, you know, if, if you don't, if God, let's say it this way, if we're being taught we can't depend on God for something to bring us something, Satan's going to go like, ooh, look shiny, you know, and it's going to pull you some other way. And I mean, it was never really, from what the understanding is, it was not a bondage, like they really wanted a relationship with a woman. It just was, there are certain needs each most of us have, except people who are like Paul, you know, who don't want to get married, and it was not being taken care of correctly, and you know, misunderstood by religion in any ways, and you know, she's free, you know, from what I understand everything, so just like, you know, you never know what the situation could be. Okay. Alright. Y'all not gonna, not gonna let me get to this scripture. <laughs> Alright. Alright. But just because to, to speak to that, you know, it when we talk about that um, that particular sin, right? When we talk about homosexual relationship, I mean, just wholeheartedly agree with what Mary and Julia are saying, because there are so many different cases of how certain ideas and and temptations can be put in front of you, you know. And of course, molestation is a is definitely one, and legalism, right? Because people don't understand how dangerous legalism can be when you're when you the focus of your relationship with God is a bunch of do's and don'ts, especially in the type of atmosphere that we live in now, where it's so easy to get into sin. It's just too easy to sin. Yeah. It's so easy to get into stuff. I mean. You know, back in the day, if you want to see pornography, you, we, we had to go to the back of the video store in the back by behind that behind the corner, you know, so and everybody know where you're going. Oh, you're going to them dirty movies, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Right. To get that videotape. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the magazines, so, they mm -hmm. covered up and they were hit. Yeah. You, you, uh, you had to, you had, if you were going to the gas station, you had to like, you had to go behind the counter. Like, yeah, I want one of those. I want one of the hustler magazines. And then they go under the counter and pull it out. But you had to go seek it out. Right now, I could, I could look at all the sin I wanted to on this phone. I mean, just all access pass to 24 hours of just immorality. Right. So, like you said, everybody has a story. And it's funny how... Sue had that question, and, and we, we talk about the slippery slope, right? The small foxes, how little things can open the door, right? Because even with porn, it's just like any other addiction 
or like a drug, you could start with something small. Like you could be, you could be somebody heterosexual who just is looking at heterosexual scenes. And then after a period of time, what lust is gonna do, it's gonna say, hey, that ain't good enough. You know? What 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 this other type of action look like? And then you're gonna start to get entertained and fed by that. And next thing you know, you're not just watching it, you're actually participating in that, in the street, out in the world, yeah. right? Yeah. But where did it, it start with what? A little bit, small thing. That door opened, right? I was looking for a scripture where in Proverbs says to someone who is hungry, even bitter things taste sweet. Mm. Yeah. Now, I'm, let me let me find it. I'm, I'm gonna do a direct quote. But there's so much there's so much depth in that because if we are empty, if we're hungry, then you don't people don't understand. The, the level of desperation or the the, the, the links you'll go to yeah. to satisfy hunger or thirst. Yeah. And this is why Jesus says to come to him and to drink from him and let him satisfy those deep needs for acceptance, security, identity, purpose. Yeah. Proverbs twenty seven seven. Okay, there we go. I knew it was a seven. I was just off by ten. Oh, <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm gonna read it in three the three different translations. It says in the in the King James it says the full soul. Loleth, lulleth, and honeycomb, but to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. In the New Living Translation, it says, A person who is full refuses honey, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. And in the Amplified, it says, He who is satisfied loathes honey, but to the hungry soul, any bitter thing tastes sweet. Ooh, verse 12 is interesting. It's only over in the Amplified. There's New King James quits at 11. All right. Let's keep reading. Verse 10 says, Thine own friend. And thy father's friends forsake not, neither go into thy brother's house in the day of the, thy calamity. For better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. Did I say 10 or 12? I'm reading. Oh, okay. My son, be wise. Make my heart glad that I may answer him that reproacheth me. In verse 12, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hide of himself, but the simple pass on. And are punished. Now you can see 
him calling us to to diligence, right? Just be aware, to be awake. Mm -hmm. Because you know how Paul says, awake to righteousness and sin not. Yeah. <clears throat> awake to righteousness. Now, when you hear that, awake to righteousness and sin not, again, based on your background, you're going to interpret that two different ways. The egalistic background says, yeah, you, you awake to righteous, righteousness, so you better do right so you don't sin, right? But putting your grace glasses on, understand, awake to righteousness and sin not. So awakening to the understanding that by the blood of shed blood of Jesus, by his work, his death, burial, resurrection, righteousness has been given to you as a gift. So you are righteous. That is your identity. So me understanding that I, I have right standing with God because of what Jesus did empowers me to sin not. Not because I'm great, but because he is. And because when 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 the arrows come, I have somebody to, to go to. I have a refuge. I have someone to ask for direction to get out of those situations. It's like it says, a prudent man foresees danger and takes precautions. The Holy Spirit is the best lookout you can have. Mm -hmm. right. A lot better than the ADT. Very much so. All right, now we're going to get to that scripture that I, was, I said we was going to start with okay. like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> 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 That's all right, let's go to Luke 18. Luke 18. Yeah, Luke 18. Yeah, 10 to, 10 to 14. All right. And again, this is going back to the, the, the just the concept of humility. All right. All right. I'm going to start at verse 9. In the New Living Translation, it says, then Jesus told this story to someone who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Verse 10. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was, was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I'm a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So you see how the Pharisee, he's, he's presenting God with his, his resume. I said, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like this Pharisee. I'm not like this homosexual over here. 
I'm not like this murderer. I'm not like this drug dealer over here. I've, I've noticed too, that's where, again, weird, you know, like, you know, not weird or bad, but like it's interesting that the suicide, you know, talk about a certain subject and it comes up here. Mom and I were doing something this week too, talking about different things. And um, I was noticing, I told mom, I said, I mean, no harm, no evil, no vicious to anybody. But some of I've noticed, like, it, it'd be like, like super holiness type of churches, but not the right kind, you know, the, the strict, that upbringing and stuff. I told mom, I go, I, I mean, she, you know, we were talking about it, is that they may be strict over, like, sexual sins and stuff, and it's very, like, you know, staunch, you know, even some of the women, they make them wear, like, the pancake makeup, they can't show the blush, you know, Andrew even talks about that, you know, and I said, you know, I noticed, and, and I mean, no means, again, I'm not skinny, and I can't weigh, lost weight, some have a lot. I've noticed, I mean, this is a personal opinion, like, you can tell there's, like, weight issues and stuff, and I don't know all the reasoning, but I know it's, like, one area where you're, like, you know, withholding, you're not, like, doing, and, like, Satan's trying to get you in another area, you know, or, or it could be, and if nothing else, like, the gossip and stuff, like, I've had, like I said, I've dealt with things before in my life, and I've had religious, almost pharisaical type of people look me in the face and go, like... I was just telling my, my husband the other day, there's something wrong with that girl, you know, like sitting in a prayer setting. And I mean, it's like, well, what about your pharisaical attitude? That's not good either, you know? I didn't say that, but I'm like, yeah. okay, right. if you love one, be soft and pray with me and not like announce that in front of everybody. But, you know, it that mm -hmm. where one struggle, in other words, like Satan's making you think, oh, you're so great, you're so holy, but then he, he's always trying to make you know, fishes you in another way. In one area or another. Yeah. It's like a, you've pride, you can't do it, you can't do this. Right. Yeah. Right. And see, and that, that same strategy, I'm telling you, is <clears throat> it's been it's been there since the beginning. Because if if the enemy can create a sense of lack in your heart, then there's a doorway to temptation. Right. And this is why this 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 scripture in Proverbs jumps out at me so much because you know, if you have emptiness or brokenness, some type of avenue where you're not fulfilled, where you're not trusting in the Lord to, to satisfy that need. If he's not the satisfaction of that need, you're going to look for it somewhere else. And the enemy is going to present an alternative way to get that need fulfilled. You know? So this is why the, the whole, the legalistic, like fundamentalist type of approach to to ministry, like it produces, it, it can produce some real negative fruit. Yeah. You know, you did it because that pharisaical spirit and the thing about it is, you know, it's not, it's not really, it's not producing any inward holiness. It's just a facade on the outside. Yeah. Just, just like, you know, when the woman that was caught in the midst of adultery. They threw the woman at Jesus' feet. Where was the dude at? I've always said that too. <clears throat> they ain't throw the dude. It could have been one of their partners. Yep. Yeah. They said they speculated that, that it was possible. <laughs> but they threw the woman in front of Jesus, though. Yeah, well, that, that dude, that dude was, was right there in, in the bed with her, participating. That's right. Free will. Right? But again, you know, when we talk about 
how true holiness is produced is, is through relationship, through the grace, um, embracing the grace of God, understanding the love of God and just feeding on that on a daily basis. So you're not so you're not that hungry person. Yeah, when you're told God takes everything away from you, and so I would personally, I personally attest to that. I and you know, we're talking about homosexuality here, but then we're talking about what you know sins we consider you know on that subject worse than others. But mm -hmm. if it was not for God, I don't know when I did my dabbling, what would happen to me? I mean, there's so many. My mom knows about this. I've said some here before. So many roadblocks, good ones that were put up ahead of time. Like I'm like God, if you had enough, I mean. But it looked. I mean, Mom and I talked about it. I said it. I go, you know, what we're saying here is like the bitter things taste sweet when you're starving or you're hungry. And I go, I want to tell Mom. It's like you know, it's like you want like a full course nice meal, but because you're starving, you'll settle for a snack or fast food or something really stupid, you know, because <laughs> it's just you know. Right. And then you have God work on your heart and. Let you know he wants the best for you. Then you realize that he had the meal all along for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know I have to be funny. Okay. <laughs> Naked and afraid. Oh my God, this dead bug is awesome. <laughs> oh, okay. You know I have to come up with something crazy. That show Naked and Afraid. Oh, yeah. Think about it. Who Who's ever watched that show? I've been in the gym and they've had it on on one of the screens. And I'm like, what is this? What is this? You know, and but I mean it just it just speaks to, you know, the desensitization. Years ago they wouldn't have never let nothing like that on TV. We were just You're missing commercial. my point. My point is that they're starving to death, and they think a dead snake is great and a That's bug, true. and so. Well, I mean, you out in the middle of nowhere, and you naked. <laughs> yeah, that roach. I guess that roach. That roach is. Example was perfect. That that roach is gonna look kind of you know. And they, I was like, yeah. This is the best thing I've ever eaten in my life, like a dead, you know, like a squirrel or something. That's right. what they say. Right. This is the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. All right. Well, you know, you could pull that back to another parable. You know, the, the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. Right. Yeah. When he, you know, he, he said, give me my inheritance now. I'm out of here. And he went out there and he, he had a party, you know, yeah. until all his money ran out. And then he found himself in the pig pen, eating the slop with the pigs. And then it's like, then and then he, what, he came to himself until he came to himself and he realized, himself. there you go. That's it. And he didn't want none of that stuff. He just wanted to be like a servant. Yeah. He had learned a heavy duty lesson. Right. So, hard so you said something when you talked about pride and humility, right? And that's and that's the danger again of self righteousness because it gets you to a place where you 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 know you're looking down on people. You know, and all of us got to repent for that. I know I had my I, period. I, I, I got to repent for that, you know, because of that. You you start to learn a little something, the five steps to prosperity, the five steps to, to, to prayer and all this type of stuff. And you think, okay, yeah, I'm this, that, and the third. But no, it's the grace of God.
all day, every day. And, and honestly, the true test of maturity is if you want to see if somebody's mature a lot in the faith, look at how they respond when somebody else falls. Look at how they respond. That's, that is a rush, yeah. Are they grieved? Or are they putting it on their um, Facebook page? On their YouTube channels, yeah. like like Christian TMZ. I start with something smaller, or even for myself. And it's been several years it's gone, and that I'm visiting. Why would think? Even with one of my brothers, this child he has, he climbed up, and I go, he buy something nice, and I go, even you know someone else would say it too with me, and I go, oh, it must be nice to have that. And then one morning, no, one day, he said, one day woke up. It's like God reminded me, um, they're working very hard for this. They get up and they go to work and they, they, they're they doing their job. They're taking care of business. And it was like God reminded me, it's like, why are you judging them over this? They work hard. They're not getting it free. And it just changed my whole attitude towards it. And every time I see something new and I go, I just go, they deserve it. Anybody, everybody striving and doing something, they deserve it. They, they, it's theirs. You look at things different, and I'm more humble. I look at it more humble now. It's like, oh my gosh, they got this because they, they've earned it. They work for it. They struggle for it. It can fit in the same thing with other ways, you know, things that are happening. But mm-hmm. I don't say it anymore. I go, oh my gosh, they deserve it. They worked hard. You know, they're retired now. I go, everything. Everything he has is worked hard over 40 years, 45 mm-hmm. years. And it's, it, to me, it humbled me to say, you know, what am I doing? I'm Indian. And that's not a good thing either. Mm-hmm. It's humble yourself and go, just bless them more. Just thank God that they're getting, that they're getting they've worked for it. Mm-hmm. And it's changed my whole perspective. Right. I don't look down or look at them like, I can't believe that. Why? It's more like more. Mm-hmm. And it does change. It. Yeah. And the thing about that is, it too, you know, when we when we embrace that type of attitude to want to see people be blessed and, and you, you get excited when good things are happening to other people. All it's doing is opening is opening you you up to receive. Because when we're when we're envy, envious and frustrated, angry, it's like our hands become clasped. And closed. We can't, how are we going to receive when we focused on what, what somebody else got and what we don't? Yes. Right. But if I'm like, wow, you know, that's cool. I'm, I, I'm, praise God for that. Right. And again, that's a genuine response for like somebody that you, you love, right? Just like the, the example, if somebody in your family, if something is somebody that you love, they they fall, something happens to them, that's gonna hurt you. You're not gonna get on the phone and gossip. Right? Yeah. We should think of each other as family. That's true. Because we are. Mm-hmm. Well, for so the Pharisee people, um, like, you know, the judgy people, that kind of thing doesn't make me happy because doesn't it seem like envy 
it's like it's not it's pushing people apart mm. i don't like anything that divides it makes me unhappy so envy does that bring people together no so that it's anything that is not bringing people together does not make me happy mm-hmm. so that's why i don't like the judgy thing i don't like anything and so that was what i was i'm like that doesn't make me happy but then all these other things that when she came in with her thing everything is i don't care if you were here and something and now you're two feet away or 50 feet away that's what comes to my mind it's separating people rather than bringing people together and that's what i don't like it makes and it doesn't make me happy i don't like judging people i don't enjoy any of that and so i feel like from cuz that's not the pharisee person that i am so is the pharisee person are they putting themselves cuz if you're putting yourself above someone then you're not like this you're up here is that what the pharisees do, are doing they're saying to themselves i'm up here and you're down is that what yeah. is happening sounds like that makes yeah. sense yeah this, so then uh, you're not together right Right. And that I will, and that's why I don't like to do that because it doesn't. It makes me unhappy. Yeah. We're not. Our, I don't want to do that. I want people to be not, together. Yeah. yeah not, no. I don't want. I don't like anything. Somebody in authority sometimes tend you know has a or a platform. They tend to. If that's what you think to me, the great point is they they tend to begin to think I'm a little better than them. But that's why you pray for them to keep them to make sure they don't get attacked and it keeps them on the level mm-hmm. and a humbleness to them. You know, because there's so many different attacks and, and, oh, yeah. and things that can come your way, you know, to a person that's in a position of influence because and let's let's say this person has a a need for affection, like a, a, a kind of a deficit there, right? Mm-hmm. The enemy can play on that. Mm-hmm. To the point where they, you know, they are are tempted to, to people please and compromise things, yeah. right? To appease the people, but it's not the right course for the church or the the organization, the company, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, or this is say this is a person who never got who has a deficit in their self-worth right they you give them a title the enemy the enemy can work on them to get them puffed up to be self-important like to look at like yeah i'm mr xyz i got this i got this title and that makes me somebody because of this title right so there's there's so many different areas ways that you know, they can, their attacks can come. You know, you as an individual believer in, and, you know, people in leadership. And man, because honestly, some, some people who um, they envy people that are in leadership, like, you don't have no clue what that is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You, and you, you know, people, you know, you, you, people that want to be the, the, the set man or the head man and call all the shots and all this type of stuff. It's like, man, okay. You want to be a leader? You want to be like a Paul? You want to be like Paul? End up shipwrecked. 
Mm-hmm. Halfway stoned to death. Yeah. Get bit by a snake. You know, you're supposed to die from that. All that type of stuff. You want that? Stoned and whipped, thrown in jail. You want all that? Because that's what leadership in, in the church got back then. Yeah. Right? It ain't it ain't, you know, the rolls and the and the red carpet and all that type of stuff. No. Yeah. It's true, and I mean today the ridicule in America. Like we're just talking about, like if I breathe wrong, somebody's gonna look at me, you know, wrong. I even thought about like with healing. I go, was it back in the day, like when the big time, like Captain Coolman or Roberts and stuff? They had to like hide the fact that they went to doctors because it was not that God doesn't want us healed; He wants to do it, you know, miraculously. But it was almost like people judged. You know, I was talking about that the other day. It's, it's random, but it's not random. It was like. You know, they had to watch what they did, you know, and I know still today it's, well, what if my congregation believes I shouldn't drink coffee or something, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just something stupid, you know? It was the weirdest thing. Well, I can't be out to see with coffee because yeah. they're going to, like, stop coming or right. stop tithing or something. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah that's well, true. She was talking about Kevin Kuhlman. I read the story on her um, through Benny Hinn. He had, had released the book. It was about her. It wasn't by him. And I remember reading about her. He said she had a heart condition. She didn't, not everybody knew. Mm-hmm. That's why the book came out and told it. When she would record her programs, of course, back then, remember, she had some, it was mostly radio, mm-hmm. and she wanted to start doing, you know, she did some television because you could see her. But the people who, the ones that were in the studio said it was very anointed because she believed God was giving them anything. But she was struggling in her own self with something, but she was putting so much time into everybody mm-hmm. else. Yeah. And they would look out where, you know, in the recording studio, the ones on the outside, you know, the ones, the, the sound men and stuff, mm-hmm. and they would look and they go like, because they would look down at the board and look up, she'd be gone. They're like, where did she go? And they finally got used to it. They'd get up and look. She'd be laying on the floor. And they said, they would, at first when they were used to it, they'd run to her and they go, what's going on? What's going on? She goes, I, I'm okay. She goes, I'm going to lay here for a few minutes and I'll be right back up. She would lay on the floor it was something she'd do. She she was physically fighting something. But the anointing never left and what she believed for other people, it still worked. Lots of people were healed. But as they said she she, she took a, um, some kind of medicine and everything, but she didn't last it because she didn't want to people to think mm-hmm. that God can't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. She was struggling they, they, they have to hide, yeah, but they yeah. Know, leadership, yeah. And again, you know, it takes maturity to kind of understand how frail all of us are, you know, we're we're play, right? And even with that, you know, she was operating in the gift of the spirit, but her own health, she got to walk that out by faith. Yes. You know, and and what would the enemy want more than to attack her at the very place that she's anointed to deliver ministry through? Right, and because it's all about it's all about the enemy trying to devalue or decredit the power in of God, the of character God. of God. Yes, how wonderful He is, and He wants us well. He does. Well, what about her? She tried to protect that. Mm-hmm. She was trying to protect the integrity of God, and she wanted people to be healed. She was. She was something. Yeah. And to hear, you know, it just gives you a perspective that she was a, a human being, and she loved God, and she loved people. Mm-hmm. She was she was just like anybody else. She was frail. Yeah. 
it could be she just didn't take time for herself. She was too busy thinking about others. Who knows? I mean, yeah, because that that's a very that's a very strong temptation. Especially you got an anointing like that. How many people are gonna be pulling on you? And you know, healing everybody. You know, if you 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 could see so you could say healing anything, people, people are gonna flock. Because of the, the just, I mean, just the nature of the gift, yeah. and how many people are are just sick in so mm-hmm. many different ways, you know, emotionally sick, physically sick, yeah. right? Yeah, I have a coworker, and she's really sweet, and she won't come out and say. Cause we were talking one time about like just spiritual stuff and miracles and everything, and she had told me, um, I was talking about my testimony, I said, you know, you can't, I was just saying, and generally, you know, I've learned you can't argue with the testimony, and we weren't, like, arguing or anything, I was just talking, and she goes, she she didn't come out and say she didn't believe in God, but she goes, she goes, well, she goes, I believe in miracles, and the way she did it, it was kind of like, it made me think, as I go, you know, some folks who've had a hard time believing in God, that they believe in miracles, they're open to something, you know, and it just made me think, where Andrew will talk about, that's like a dinner bell. Mm-hmm. You know, for the unbelievers to come to know Jesus. So, mm-hmm. like, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's good. Okay. So, what um, what does Andrew or the Bible, you know, like the Bible or Andrew? So, the thing I was, the story I was, you know, found out about today, and this has probably been like, I guess, 20 years ago. I don't know when he got married, but he's married. He doesn't have any kids. He's married, and his wife's in ministry. And I, um, like, because he was saved, so that's not an unsaved person, which I'm like, if you're unsaved, then that, it doesn't matter, sin is sin. But now this, where he's the pastor, and then he is, supposed to be the leader over the youth pastor. So bad, bad, bad. That's bad because he's leading the guy in this terrible direction. And then the people were saying that um, he only was stepping away from ministry for three months and getting counseling and whatever. So people had opinions about that. And so... um, so the totality of it all, because it's really, and it's not about, they're not talking about the sin part, they're talking about the fallout part. If you just gossip about somebody behind their back and a couple people know about it, okay, fine. But, and so sin is sin, but this situation, um, what, what is Andrew, like, what, what would he say about this situation? How should that person be back in authority? You know, should should they ever go back to their position? Like, what what should happen? What should happen to them? There's no um, black and white answer to that. No, you know, it's hard. Yeah, because honestly, it just it the the bigger the platform, the harder the fall is going to be. Yeah. Right. And yeah. the fallout behind that. What the scripture says, the gifts and the callings of God come of our repentance. Right. Right. So the ability to teach and to shepherd, you know, that's not going to leave. But, you know, because God will never throw you away. No. But the, the, but the, problem, with, the problem is people will. Yeah. 
and people will. That happened with, you're going to make somebody else well-known, like we'll say, because it's already known. But I thought of it myself because I really thought the world of the person. And when <clears throat> he fell because of his this sexual sin, instead of the same ministers that was they were clamoring to be up on the platform with him at every event, they left him high and dry. And that was so wrong. Yeah. Leaving you just you're like flail, you know, almost like you have flail in your arms and going like where do I turn? And you turn to God, but you're, you're going, all these people just thought that was great, and now I need help. In other words, what do you need? He didn't have the need mm -hmm. that he was, he had to reestablish. And now if people finally came around, some did, but it should have been, oh my gosh, our brother has had an issue going love and helping. Right. That's what we're supposed to do. Like I said, it should have been a response of, I'm distancing myself from him. But I don't so, want to be even seen near him now. And it was two days ago. You'd have been all over top of him. And that's, that's where it's wrong, too. And that's where, you know, like Jesus talked yeah. about, too, like the love of many were yeah. told. And I go, you know, it's sad because the church has fallen into that in these last days. And we should we should be the salt and light, you know. I thought I said, Mark talked about my personal testimony. If I could have just had somebody when I went through what I did five years ago almost go, how are you? Instead of you should do this, it would have made the world of difference. And I did have a few, but I go, I think we all we all can be guilty of that. We all have been to go. Yeah. You should, you should, you should. Instead of going, what's going on? You know, you you okay? You know, <laughs> this is really weird for you to do this. You know. Yeah. 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 And that and that, and really that that situation you talk it it just speaks to the danger of Christian celebrity. Yeah, that's what I thought. I said it was all this. Clamoring yeah. to be a part of the limelight, right? That because it, it's it's not it's, it's not godly. I mean, no. you know, it's one thing to because you we we honor those, we honor people. We that is something that's biblical, but it's it's one thing to 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 honor folks, and it's something else to be put people on this this pedestal as celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. They're stars. They're yes. stars. How do you be a Christian star? That's an oxymoron. <laughs> but, you know, if you're somebody's yeah. friend, you're somebody's friend. If they fell, they're still your friend. Right. That's the, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. But in Christian celebrity culture, yeah. see, it's going to help get my tabs up if I get a picture, if I get a selfie with Bishop so-and-so and put it on my Facebook page. And I say, well, you know. My spiritual father, X, Y, Z, such, 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 right? And then next thing you know, if that if he falls, then you you deleting all his posts, and you you going through your Twitter, and you're trying to delete all your quotes from him, all that type of stuff. Yeah. See that Christian celebrity culture, and that is that is just diametrically opposed to kingdom culture. What does it say about Jesus? He made himself of no reputation. Because you can't control what other people think. Yeah. So, you know, when and Justice Kavanaugh, where do you go to get your, you know, quote, where do you, the famous quote, where do you go to get your reputation back? I thought, well, nowhere, because who cares? Like, they, you know, falsified lies about him, and well, they was like, he's like, it's my about reputation, it's I about thought, the father. well. He was always putting it over to his father. Don't look at me. It's the father. Mm -hmm. 
It's yeah. the Father. And, and Everything it was like, but you did. He goes, no, it's no. This, the Father. He was always giving credit to his Father. So he stayed humble because he was always, yeah. he spent time with his Father and he gave credit to the Father. Right. And, and, that, and that kept him very humble because mm -hmm. he was still in human form like us. You know, I was thinking earlier too with, you know, um, with, and I might have been the same, all I think you might have known about the same person, but I'm not positive. But anyway, I know it was somebody when I was in youth group, and that would make sense around the same time. Um, our youth pastor at the time, he was very big about this. He had talked about when this specific minister had fell into homosexuality, that there were churches, there were Christians, there were believers going, I'm throwing away his books, I'm burning them, I'm throwing his tapes away, this and that, and the third. And the youth leader we had at the time, actually his name was Adam, he's just really cool. I mean, I feel like saying his name, that's just how neat he was. He loved everybody, and he goes, you know what? He goes, if we're going to do that, we're going to have to throw away the Psalms because David committed adultery and he murdered, right? Um, you know, Uriah, whatever. He we're going to have to cut out Abraham because mm -hmm. he did all this stuff. He goes, if it was truth to what this guy was saying, it was right. pointed, mm -hmm. then whatever. You know, I thought that's another thing we have to be careful of, too. You know, right. if it's God speaking to we're all yeah. imperfect. Right. It doesn't mean if you're in a leadership position, you shouldn't kind of step back for a little while and heal and be restored to, right but you're what you, you said out of god, god is still right. true it's, it's not true. it should not be it's not and some people, people i don't even know if you know who the person it is could be um, two months two yeah. years it depends people right. um blind all right are saying that i threw all of his books and stuff away yeah well i'm not going to because it came from god so Right. But that's that's what I'm saying. I like that. I love that point because it's like we well, we gotta throw away the whole Torah. Because Moses was a murderer. Moses, he wrote that, didn't he? But what did he do? I mean, come on, man. It's like I mean, you just gotta tear out the whole Bible for real. Gotta gotta chuckle out of her. It's it's the thing about they they didn't take two seconds to think. They just did it. I'm throwing them away. I mean, they didn't think about anything. Like, mm -hmm. who, why do you, that's not wisdom to begin with. Yeah. Just rash, just, you know, living yeah. life based on rash decisions, that's not wisdom either. No, so, I mean, crazy. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Well, there's going to be a part. It's lesson twelve, but it's we're we're going to stay with this topic, and we're really just kind of scratching the surface. All right, so um, it's not going to be next week. We're going to take a break next week, but it's going to be the first week, first Thursday of April. We'll be back with lesson twelve, okay? And we just we're going to talk more about this whole issue of um, God's perspective on homosexuality and what some of the what look at some numbers. And like what what the actual stats say and continue to look in the scriptures on how we as a body of believers are to be salt for everybody, for the world, you know, how we can be used as salt to help to heal wounds because all of us are, you know, broken people in one way or the other and those who have who are walking mature with God understand the need for 
grace. Yeah. All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you the week after next.